right, and I'm hacking the mainframe, and we're in. All right, now we can finally start the episode. Thanks for doing that, Evan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the Corporate Global Fantasy Premier League podcast, your one and only podcast for the CGFPL Fantasy Premier League League. Um, I'm Taylor. I'm Evan, and if there's another CGFPL podcast, they're frauds. Yeah, don't believe the hype. This is the, the one and only... This is the one and only uh, CGFPL podcast. Right. All others, except no substitutes, it, et cetera, et cetera. It would be kind of beautiful if we had a whole podcast network of just all of the players in the league doing their, everyone's got their own podcast about the league. Evan! <laughs> Why are we not doing this? I don't know. Well, you know, sometimes it takes a while to come up with a good idea. <laughs> we finally get three seasons in we did it we have 12 teams there are 12 different po- oh my gosh it's like the the athletic like uh di- like podcast <laughs> devoted to yeah. specific teams but it's just the owners right. each have their own <laughs> they just report on their own team <laughs> <laughs> oh man wow oh, i love this and like literally, the only thing you have to report on is transfers slash your, <laughs> your I mean, captains or or your okay. ship if you're using it. Imagine this world, like there's there has that like there doesn't have to be hardly any uh, effort put in. You record five minutes a week, just talking about any transfer you you made, any like your captaining and uh, substitution decisions, and any players you're looking for, and. I- a clean five minutes everyone does it on their own I, podcast stream i absolutely love this idea we need to flesh it out to make it more uh get the logistics what else would it be just everyone's uploading to spotify or like everyone's just throwing in voice memos into discord like that seems like uh we could I have like a we could have a website just make it the athletic but we could you know you know like nathan fielder did not starbucks yeah yeah the same thing <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're going to have to think about this because I love this idea. This is hilarious. The alternative, the alternative would be to have one podcast stream that everyone has access to and everyone just uploads theirs each week. Jay's about to get a, Jay's about to get a pay raise. (laughs) No, no, no. This is the thing. We, if we're going to do this, it has to be, we have to all learn to do it ourselves. We can't. Oh, right. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we, yeah we'll think about this we'll take this one offline yeah <laughs> this idea is too good we need a secure link. we need a secure link to talk about this one that's right yeah. uh, anyway uh listeners um we're glad you're here we're here to talk about all things corporate global and premier league um our first order of business for today is to run down the current corporate global uh league table evan do you want to run that down for us I do, yeah. Um, so we will start. Well, let's start from the let's start from the bottom, I guess, because yeah. I feel like normally I start from the top. Uh, so in eleventh place, we have uh, Naptown FC Reed Zimmerman, um, and falling down to tenth place is uh, Fantasy Premier League Jerry Groff. Uh, moving up one slot to ninth place is Father Son Holy Kane Ethan. Utterback. I should have. I meant to ask Ethan the other day when we were watching games how to pronounce his last name. Ethan, uh, if you're listening, please let us know so I don't botch it every time. Yeah. Um, 
in eighth place, we've got Uber Cleats, Robert Griffith. In seventh place, uh, we've got uh, Scuderia Sons, Scuderia. Sure. Tim, Tim Griffith. Um, in fifth place, we've got my brother, Eli Estes, Eve Babuma. Uh, in fifth place, wait, oh, They're tied high. for fifth. Oh, yeah. nice. We've got uh, Evan Hare, Salt Lake City FC. Um, in fourth place, we've got yours truly, Taylor Hare, iTest Incorporated. In third place, we've got um, by Jingo by G, Wyatt Keener. Um, in second place still is me, uh, 15 Fieris. And in first place, holding it down for another week is the Bruce Matthews, William Spicer. Yeah, things are looking good and getting pretty spicy at the top. You're getting within striking distance of William. Yes. Yeah, you're moving up. You've been slowly climbing the table, so you must be feeling pretty good. I do feel pretty good. I'm. I feel You've like got I'm momentum. Spot. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's there's good there's good parity across the league. I would say, and the fight for fifth is interesting. Um, I feel like every week Tim Griffith is very feast or famine based on how Tottenham, et cetera, are doing. And yeah. he's either racing up the charts or he's slipping down the charts. It's one or the other. Um, yeah. Because he always seems wow. to jump ahead of me and then jump behind me. It's very interesting. Yeah, he dropped. Yeah, I feel like he went, it was like a couple of weeks ago, he jumped like three places to get to fourth. And then now he's fallen three places to get back down to seventh. So, yeah, um, because of that Tottenham loss. Um, yeah. So, yeah, because yeah, he, was, be... he was in fourth place last week. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wild. Um, mm-hmm. I also just want to mention, I, I think it's funny to think about uh, uh, this as uh, Naptana sees um, uh, paternity leave season. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's okay. Reads on paternity leave this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Totally. Um, although it really wouldn't take much to... Uh... I'm sure he can swing back into into things if uh, if he really wants to. I bet he could make he can make his way back up, especially Maybe. with the with um I don't know with the with the break and everything that might help. You never True. know. True. The World Cup coming up. So. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Um, our next order of business is uh, to give out kudos for this game week. Um, as you'll know, listeners, recently. We've been giving out little mini awards um, or sometimes we name the awards. Sometimes you just give out shout outs to people who have particularly canny, savvy, or perhaps fortunate, lucky moves um, this game week. And I've got the honor of reading those for this week or assigning those. And Um, creating them. Yeah. Creating, assigning, crafting. Um, you assigned it to yourself, then you created them and now you're getting to read them out. Exactly. I am the full management, uh, the full management system. Uh, so my first kudo for this week is a shared kudo. Um, and it's going to both, um, Evan Hare and Eli Estes. Oh, who are tied for fifth. Who are tied for fifth for both having, uh, Timothy Castagna, a Leicester defender on their team. And I just think it takes a lot of balls to have a Leicester defender at this point, regardless of the fact that they are doing a little bit better with the, how poor that defense has been all season. I cannot imagine trusting a Leicester defender enough to bring them in. And it paid off this week. Yeah. I will say my brother, I talked to my brother yesterday at the time of recording, it was yesterday. 
and he he brought this up and uh i think if i if i remember correctly he was thinking about bringing a defender in um and saw that timothy castagna had um come off one game at 60 minutes kept the clean sheet and mm. pretty soon after lester got scored on so he kept the clean sheet but lester got scored on and so oh. my brother saw that and was like oh he's obviously like a good part of the defense so let me bring him in that's um, interesting and then and then what do you know like he's he i think he's gotten three or four returns in the last three or like in the last four games. So yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, he, it's not like a one, it's not been a one-time thing for Eli at least. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. yeah big let me, those. let me read you Timothy Castagna's points totals for the past <laughs> okay. weeks, eight, seven, six, six, and then 12 this week. Woo! That's wild. That's a, that's a return. Yeah, that's a lot of points. He, he scored. On? So he, Kept a clean sheet, got an assist, and got all three bonus points this week. That is insane. Wow. Yeah, wow. great moves by them. Yeah, incredible stuff. Maybe I should bring in Timothy Castagna. I know, I know. I'm thinking about it too, but I don't know I don't who know. else we'll they have coming up. Let's see. Who do they play this week? Oh, they've got Man City. Never mind. Yeah. But then they've got yeah, Everton, Everton. West Ham before the break. So that's interesting. That's not, not great. Yeah. Not a great run. Maybe later. Um, yeah. My second uh, um, um, kudo, that's the word I was looking for, uh, is, and this is, I promise, not nepotism, uh, is actually also going to Evan Hare. Um, <laughs> and keeping it, is, it in the family. Keeping it in the family. <laughs> See, that, um, uh, oh, what is it called? Um, not hereditary wealth. What is it called? You know what I'm talking about, right? It's like, it's like when you pass it down in the family, like your wealth, like your estate, you keep passing it's, it down. It's not inherited wealth. It inherit. I don't know. I feel like there's a term for it. Anyway, sorry for someone. Somebody right now is listening. Probably Spicer is listening to this it's and being screaming. like, "You idiots! It's this." <laughs> um, and the reason for picking Evan again is because, and you'll appreciate this. Um, only person in our league. And uh, part of only five, I think, percent of fantasy Premier League owners to have Jordan Pick- Pickford between the sticks this week. All right. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Evan Hare. Yeah. Um, which obviously paid off nicely this week with their 3 yeah. 0 win. That's right. 3 0. Palace. Yeah. Um, very surprising win. And um, yeah, good stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Pickford has been, Pickford has been pretty good. Um, obviously he's going to do Pickford things every now and then, but overall he's been fairly consistent like the last year or so. So yeah, yeah, I think that's a great pick. I mean, I don't know. World cup is coming up. So Pickford's always going to play for the England number one spot. And yeah, that's just how he does. So yeah, you've got to be feeling pretty good about Everton at the moment. They they're looking there's, there's, um, I mean, their defense is holding solid. Iwobi's obviously like doing Iwobi things now. It's like, Seems to be all on the up and up to me. Yes and no. I don't know. I'm trying not to get too carried away because we did we did have three losses in a row. Granted, they were against United, Spurs, and Newcastle, all three good teams. Yeah. Um, you know, probably top seven teams, all three of them. Easy. Yeah. Right? Teams you would write you um, would write off at the beginning of the season as losses. Um Maybe not Newcastle until they kind of hit this form. Like, I don't know. I didn't think Newcastle would do this well this early. You know, Mm -hmm. I didn't think they would start off this hot. Um, 
But yeah, I think I'm trying not to get too carried away because we did struggle the, against Spurs and Newcastle to really get any shots on target. Um, and this Crystal Palace game seems like such a an anomaly compared to how we were playing the last three games. So I don't know. Yeah, I definitely feel good about where Everton is in the grand scheme of things. Like over the course of the season, I think we will start to see more of those types of games. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I don't necessarily expect us to do that again until the World Cup. You know, like I don't expect us to be like that dominant um, in 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 each of the next three games. Maybe maybe the next game at home. Sure, but I don't know. Yeah, I think I'm overall positive and trying not to get carried away. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, regardless, I mean, the points differences are so small at this point between, you know, mid-table and, and bottom of the table. But sitting in 12th when you were, like, deep in a relegation scrap at the end of last season is something to be proud of, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, my last kudo, and this is where it's really going to seem like nepotism, I'm giving it to myself, Evan. Um, <laughs> you saved the best for last. I saved the best right. for last. Uh, because You're very proud of this, whatever I, it is. I am proud of this. It's Miguel Almiron. Oh, I, yeah. That's this a, is, I mean, this is, my best, this is my best transfer situation of the season because I brought yeah. him in three weeks ago and he has scored in three consecutive games. Um, wow. Yeah. You caught him on his hot streak too. Yeah. It's, it's the first time that's happened to me this season where I've really like, caught the wave at the right time and it feels so good yeah there's wow. nothing let's, like let us all like rejoice in this moment <laughs> yeah because i mean honestly i would even struggle to say that most people even have it in this like in our league like i would say only like two or three people might do something like this throughout the whole season where yeah. they like catch something like well maybe maybe a little bit more i mean because my brother just caught Castagna. Yeah, you've got. And so, I mean, maybe it happens more than I think, but I don't know. I mean, it doesn't happen. I mean, considering how many transfers you make personally, Taylor, throughout the whole season, like, yeah, great, great move. I think Um, it happens to each person like once, maybe twice a season. That's what I would say. Yeah. Um, And yeah, Yeah, I'd be interested in the analytics of that. I think why it feels good is because it usually is the result of like some very satisfying either like eye testing or um, in the case of like Eli, like noticing a weird quirk in stats. Um, So for me, it was like, I watched a Newcastle game, I guess it was four games ago and noticed that Almiron was like playing well, but not scoring and was like, Oh, I should bring him in. And he was super cheap. Um, and that is like, in my ideal world, that is how I always like play every FPL position. It's like, I just yeah. totally go off my gut. And uh, so to have that payoff felt very nice. Yeah, totally. And like, you, yeah, you really timed it perfectly because no one, like three weeks ago, it was kind of like Almiron's good, but he's like not really, he's not quite doing the things, you know? Yeah. And then you picked him up and see, you have the magic touch. It's not just you and Almiron. It's you in the UK. It's you and everything. There you go. You're, yeah. you're putting your, everything you touch turns to gold, Taylor here. I do. I do wish it could be someone other than Almiron just because 
I have a hard time watching him because I can't stand his his like <laughs> incessant smile. <laughs> what? It, br- it brings out the worst in me. Oh no. You know how he's um, how he's like constantly smiling? Yeah, even when he like it's a it's the same smile, but like you can tell sometimes when he's like it's a mad smile or with it's a frustrated smile, or if it's a happy smile, it's all usually the same, but you could still tell. I know yeah. what you mean. Just always smiling. Yeah. Anyway, those are my kudos for this week. Um, did you have any that you wanted to add on to that, Evan? Uh, I don't think so, no. I can't think of anything that I did particularly well. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, did you make any transfers last week? Uh, yeah, I brought. I subbed out Kane from for Holland. I, I basically did like a a switcheroo during the oh, the blank. Yeah. Um. So I brought Holland back in. I will say I actually thought about giving you one, um, because Why? you because you kept De Bruyne through the blank game week when a lot of other people, myself included, moved really? up from De Bruyne to Salah. And now, oh, and you know, now you're that's, stuck with Salah. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Let's talk about Liverpool and Salah because I feel like that's a um, because we kind of thought, oh, maybe they're back. Maybe Salah's back. <laughs> like right before that <laughs> blank game week. No, no, no. I, know. no the, I guess yeah, right before the blank game week, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and then, and then, I guess they ended up. Then they end up drawing. Okay, let me lost. just let me pretty look sure at they, their past fixtures. Pretty sure they won. Pretty sure they won la, uh, game week twelve, but then just stunk it up against Forest. So game week eleven, yes, was when Salah scored and they beat Man City, right? right? Yeah. That's going into the blank game week. That's when I brought him in. Then they play West Ham on the blank game week. They win, but Darwin Nunez scores the only goal. Okay. And then yeah. this week they lose to Nottingham Forest, and obviously don't score a goal. Yeah, miserable. Yeah, Salah does nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you make about Salah and Liverpool as a whole? I don't know, man. It's hard to figure out. <laughs> it's hard to figure I think, out. I think that's. I think that's the takeaway, though. If we're yeah, honest, they're just I don't, so inconsistent. I don't. Really all of my thing. frameworks for assessing why teams are not playing well don't seem to work that well for them, um, because what sure they're mean, like sure they're framework? like. They're aging, right? Okay, so there's like the aging team framework, right? Um, okay, yeah. There's but that, too old, they can keep up. With but them. that doesn't, that wouldn't, that, that like, by that logic, it's like kind of a gradual slide, right? It's like, you know, you kind of get poor, you start playing poorly over a long period of time gradually would be how I would imagine that would manifest. Um, yeah. And that doesn't seem to be what's happening. It's like weird one-off games. I don't know. It's just weird. I don't. I. I. Am, I may move on from Salah this week. I may just go back to KDB. I yeah, mean. I think. I think that's. I think you just do. I mean, even if like, even if you think he's, even if you think Liverpool and Salah might might get it together eventually, like. It's hurting you more to hold on to him than it would be to just get rid of him and he like goes off. Like if you get rid of him and you bring De Bruyne back or you bring anyone else in and Salah like scores the next three game weeks, like I mean you can't you can't really get that hurt by it. Yeah. And also he's too expensive for for nothing. Like 
he's going to have to do a lot to earn his price tag back. So yeah, it's just you got to sell. You got to sell, sell, sell. As I think. Says. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> um, but it is. It is also weird. The thing that's kind of making it weird is that normally I would be more inclined to sell because there would be other things that I want to buy. But I actually feel really happy with my team and my team is fairly inexpensive. Um, I already have Kane and Holland, so I have like the two other like yeah. premium players that I would really want. So it would just be going back to KDB as opposed to like But that's a going... good thing. That's such a huge upgrade on Salah right now. Yeah, I guess so. I think you're right. I guess I'll probably do that. Yeah, I mean, even if, because even if KDB doesn't like go off and like, you don't need him to do that much. You just need him to do better than what Sola was doing. And I don't think that's going to be that hard. Yeah. And yeah. he's cheaper. Um, so I don't know. I just think that, I it think it's a... just the obvious move. I don't know. It just seems too, it just seems like there's nothing really else you can do. That just seems like the obvious thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. It is just very like that team is just so weird. It's it's weird to watch them not play well. And maybe this is just like me. This is like it, I think maybe actually now that I think about it, it's kind of what's weird about it is it's the end of a cycle of a team being good in like that I've watched basically the whole cycle, right? It's like I can remember cuz I started watching Premier League again after like years of not watching it probably like four years ago right four maybe five years ago and that's like when Liverpool is starting to play better after not playing well for a long time and so I can remember them like doing that then like winning the league and all of these things and now you're seeing like the down the end of that cycle and it's kind of weird to have watched that whole process happen and maybe that's what's kind of confusing about it to me i don't know yeah it also seems like it went kind of fast right i mean does it seem like that was a quick cycle to you it kind of seems kind of quick to me but maybe maybe football moves quicker than i realized but i think i think man city is is skewing our perception yeah yeah you might be right i feel like the liverpool cycle is maybe more normal than abnormal but i could be wrong about that um yeah weird uh another thing that i wanted to ask you and this is kind of a general question would be uh who do you think's going down at this point oh man this is a tough one honestly um i don't know um i want i i don't i don't know that forest will be able to get it together hmm I, I kind of, I want, I mean, ideally I want them to stay up, but I just don't know that they can do it. Um, so I'm going to say they probably go down. Um, I th- honestly, let me look at the table. I honestly think the, the next person, I, the next team, the next person, the next team I would probably pick uh would be wolves yeah um, so they're the bottom two, they're I the feel, bottom two currently right that's what i know i feels we're going in order but um i don't know i just think that they've they've they're obviously not playing well they can't score they have five goals all season 
yeah, that's insane. Um, which they kind of did that last year to start, and then they kind of got things together again with Bruno Lodge. It was his first season last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I just don't know that they can do it again. I don't know that they can get it together. I think they've made some pretty fundamental changes in what they're doing. Um, I mean, the most obvious one to me is Connor Cody leaving. Yeah, they're like main. That that players. is insane. Like, and how did they? Gonna, how did they let that happen? But, I don't know. I, that see, that's what, I, and that's where I think that that's why I think they're going down. Not necessarily because I don't think that they can get it together football wise and play better. It's because I think there's something going on structurally where they are not in sync. Um, yeah. I don't know what's happening there, but the re- like just one of those, like just that one instance shows me like something is something is messed up there. Yeah. Um, because yeah, presumably, pretty, presumably insane. they let him go because Bruno Lodge. I mean, the, the explanation I think at the time was like Bruno Lodge wanted to play what was it a three at the back or something and cody's no, not to play back four. Oh, okay yeah and, and cody's and not cody used to it head, right and now cody is playing in a back four with at everton and, and like, even yeah <laughs> and even just the idea that you look at that wolves team and you think that like the that you could look at that wolves team and make the assessment that bruno lodge is more important than connor cody is wild yeah. because clearly He's connor cody is forever. the most important part of that team like hands yes. down more than the coach anyone else and yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that was just wild. Yeah, that's pretty wild. I mean, I could see Wolves maybe staying up if they sack Bruno Lodge and bring someone else in. Well, they've sacked um, Bruno Lodge already. Wait, wait, what is going on with Wolves? <laughs> wait, who's, yeah. who's in charge of Wolves right now? <laughs> it's uh, it's some interim guy. Oh, they still haven't hired someone. No. Man, I totally forgot that they sacked him. I have yeah. not watched Wolves, obviously. Yeah. Um, Man, oh yeah, okay. I do remember that. That was a while ago. So, okay, yeah. There's obviously some big things. If they haven't even hired, someone, I think they're. they're I think they're planning. Them. I think they're planning to not hire someone until after the World Cup, or till till like the World Cup, you know, happens. Yeah, I mean, at this point, sure, but like they sacked him like a month ago. I know. It's wild, <laughs> man. Okay. Um, yeah, so I think they're going down. I think if I had to pick a third team, I would probably say, hmm. man, this one's tough. I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go Bournemouth. I just don't know that they have enough over the course of the season. Yeah, part of me wants to say Southampton, but I just I just don't think Bournemouth can do it. Yeah, I've been tempted to say Southampton too, but. That's also just because I realized today, thinking about this podcast, that I've not spared a single thought for Southampton this entire season. Yeah. I've literally, I've not watched a game. I've not thought about anything having to do with Southampton at all. Um, and it's tempting to make that, to like make that one of the the people that's going to go down in my mind. But I think maybe more than likely that means they're just going to stay up and like barely stay up. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, so, so here's, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say that my case for Bournemouth, like, I think that they're so fragile, like with, um, they started off poorly mm-hmm. and then Dominic Solanke came back in and they've kind of like been able to get some points. Right. I mean, I, I just think that it takes like an injury to him or an injury to maybe one of their other, 
like core players for them to just kind of lose it. And yeah. I don't think their defense is very good. Um, they've conceded 25 goals. <laughs> so, I mean, it doesn't matter if Dominic Solanke scores two goals a game. If they're shipping three goals, it doesn't matter. Like, you yeah, know, they're going to, I don't know. I, I just don't, I just, I just don't think they can stay up. They have a net. Yeah. They have their goal difference is negative 15. Like, yeah, that's why not, it's not a good sign. It's not a good sign. And to put them in perspective, like the other goal differences in the league, the top, the bottom two are Forest and Wolves, negative fifteen, negative thirteen. Hmm. That's so, it. I mean, yeah, that would be down there. I would love to see how goal difference uh, tracks with placement in the table over, like you know, the last twenty years at, or something. Let me look at last seasons. I'll tell you. Well, I while you're doing that, I noticed, and this is wild that. Manchester City has scored 36 goals this season and they have a plus 25 goal differential, not even halfway through the season. Uh, Well, their goal differential last year was 73. So, wow. Um, Yeah. Well, I mean, last year was kind of an anomaly because Burnley went down with a negative 19 goal differential. Hmm. Um, And Leeds, Everton, and Southampton all had worse. Norwich's was negative sixty-one. Oh my god! <laughs> do you have Do you have in front of you how many goals they scored? Yeah. Uh, you want to guess? Uh, eighteen. It's a little bit more than that. Twenty-three. Oh, really? Okay, nice. They've got Timu Puki. Yeah, that's true. Puki power. Um, wow. So here's here's my follow-up question to the Bournemouth thing, because I think I would have Nottingham Forest, Wolves going down. Um, what what makes you think that Leeds is not going to go down? Ooh. Because I Yeah, I mean I love Leeds, but my I recognize that my judgment is clouded about Leeds because I really want them to do well. And like yeah. looking at their form, you know, a draw and four losses in the last five games. Um, seems like Jesse Marsh might be on the way out as sad as, and I think misguided, honestly, as that is ultimately. Um, yeah, I think, I don't know. What do you, what do you think about Leeds? Yeah. I mean, Leeds, um, yeah, I'm not really sure. I don't know. Part of me thinks that they can get it back together, but I don't know. Uh, they really don't look good right now, do they? No. So, and they've got who do they have coming up this week? I can't remember. They've got like Man City or someone. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, maybe not Man City. I mean, oh, I think Jesse Liber- Marsh is probably going to go right. I guess so. I don't know. My my thought is that maybe. Because, yes, they're playing badly. But also, like, all of the players that Jesse Marsh brought in are, like, by far Leeds' best players right now. Tyler Adams, Brendan Aronson, that Somerville character. Yeah, but, I mean, that could... You could chalk that up to that's just because how he want, that's how he wants to play. Yeah, and that's, so he's, that's like, a good funneling point. everything through them. Um, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. I think this might be, this might be Leeds' last season. 
for a minute just because they were so built on and it makes sense i mean they were so built on the bielsa system and even though jesse marsh is like not the same but like they're still very attacking and they press and they want to score goals like it's still he also built a system around the team and now he's gone yeah so i don't know it it just thinking from a macro standpoint yeah it makes sense that they would be that they go down so yeah i can definitely see it um we'll just have to see i mean they they flirted with it last year even with bielsa so it's very very possible yeah I man, I would love Leeds to beat Liverpool this weekend more than anything else. That would be so nice. Oh, I would love that. Well, obviously, I would love that too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, that would be amazing. Um, okay. Um, I feel like I had something else that I wanted to talk about real quick, even though we're um, we're probably coming up on time. We're getting close. Soon. We we got some time for some more stuff. Um, so I, I guess to reverse it from like, who's going down uh, a couple teams that are kind of like on the way up. Um, we've talked about one of them already, but I wanted to get your thoughts just on Newcastle and Leicester, um, both in very different spots in the table, but both, um, kind of starting to really play very well. Um, and kind of really come into their own. Uh, obviously, Newcastle has only lost one game all season, and they've won. Um, I think they've they've won a few in a row. And then Leicester, who started very poorly, um, they've only their last five games. They've won three of the last five, drawn one, and lost one. So mm-hmm. obviously, they're. I mean, they've only won three games all season and they're in the last five games. So yeah, they're obviously like starting to get things together again. They've kept some clean sheets, um, which is a good sign. And I thought Brendan Rogers was gonna go. It looks like he's saved <laughs> it looks like he's saved his butt for a minute. And yeah. it looks like they can make it to the World Cup at least. Um and then they maybe will be able to reassess after that and see how they do. Um before trying to make a decision on the manager, but I, it looks like he's going to stay now. So just both of those teams, what, uh, I mean, both of them are doing well. And so like from an FPL standpoint, what players, how many players from those teams should we have? And I mean, thinking about how we have to squeeze them in with other teams like city and Arsenal. So how many players should we try to target from those two teams, which players, um, what, like, who, who's catching your eye? Uh, who do you want to bring in from from those? Or who should just, in general, we have from Newcastle and Leicester? Um, I mean, from Leicester, to me, it seems pretty obvious that it's Madison and Harvey Barnes and maybe Castagna now, too. I don't know. I haven't watched I haven't watched them. I haven't watched them with their defense in mind enough to know whether the defense is actually solid or whether it's kind of a little bit more of a, a fluke, but that seems the Castagna pick seems tempting, but I mean, I think Madison's a person whose form is independent of the team's form and seems to be able to pull out goals. Even when, even when they were, you know, in the kind of doldrums, the last, you know, 10 game weeks or so, or the, the first 10 game weeks or so. 
Um, and Harvey Barnes seems to be scoring. He's scored um, a couple times in the past few game weeks. Um, so Madison is someone that I, I will probably try to bring in after the World Cup. Um, if not before, maybe before. Um, but certainly after. Um, and then for Newcastle, um, yeah, I think it's shocking. I think they will go through a rough patch this season. Um, it would be, I think, honestly, it might be good for them to go through a rough patch now, you know, get it out of the way, have the the World Cup to kind of reassess and then hit the ground running. But, um, I mean, maybe not. Maybe they just continue to play well, but it seems like they're a little bit overperforming, um, to me at least. And from that team, I mean, I have Almiron... I'd like to have Bruno Gimeresh. I think he'd be an interesting... I don't know what his price is. Um, let me see. Where's Rob's team? I know Rob has new Bruno, surely. Yeah. Um, so he's only 5.7. So he could be... He would be an interesting, if not starter, than bench player if you wanted someone like that. Although Almiron is cheaper. I think Almiron's like 5 point something or 5.1 to 5.3 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously the forwards, like I find, I don't think I will, I could see myself bringing in Callum Wilson at any point, but I could see myself bringing in Alexander Isaac when he gets better. Um, um, yeah. And then obviously Trippier and there's a, I mean, I've seen people who've had like other Newcastle defenders like Shar and I had Botman earlier in the year and got rid of him when he wasn't playing, but he seems to be playing now. Um, so even other defenders would be interesting. I think there's a ton of Newcastle like value just because the players are priced so low in yeah. relation to how well the team is performing. Yeah, and kind so of you on almost the flip can't, you side almost can't Lester go wrong. Way, some of yeah. the Leicester assets are like a little more expensive than you would want. Um, for a team that really hasn't shown it consistently this season, even though they're hitting form now, like Madison is still like in the 8 million range. When you think about who else is in that range, you know, yeah. it's, you're talking about Foden, like Foden, Saka. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think for me, I, I personally have Trippier and Callum Wilson and yeah, I, I think I'm going to roll with them for a while. I, I think Trippier is, a no brainer, honestly. Yeah. I think if you can bring him in and you want Newcastle assets, do it. Um, absolutely bring him in. Um, he's just so good. It's still just watching him play. I watched Newcastle against Spurs. It just, it just blows my mind that they were able to get trippier. Um, it's, it still is kind of crazy. Yeah. That he plays for Newcastle. It's amazing. But they're doing it's so cool. Yeah, it is cool. They're doing very well, and he's just such a threat um, offensively. Even if they don't keep a clean sheet, he's he's probably going to get some points if they score. You know, he, he's, yeah. if they score a couple goals, you expect him to be maybe in and around it. In and around. Sorry, I've been watching football cliches. Um, <laughs> is he in it or is he around it? Which one? Come on, Evan. Yeah, um, I think I think the thing they never really pinned down about that phrase is it seems like only one of them has to apply, right? It's like either in or either around has to apply. You don't have to, both of them don't have to apply. 
But if none, neither of them apply, that's when it's a real problem. Well, if you're saying in and around, then they both have to apply. Yeah, if you're saying I, in or around, then yeah, yeah you're kind point. of off the hook there. Just one is good. That's a good point. Yeah. So um, <laughs> sometimes it's not easy to tell whether someone is saying in and around or in or around. You know what? You know what we need to do, Taylor. We need what? to after we get our um, corporate global fantasy Premier League. Uh, athletic podcast media series up and running not series a network up and running we're gonna poach the football cliches and they're gonna be our flagship podcast for the, for the um, that'd be amazing for the network that'd be amazing um anyway back to newcastle and lester newcastle uh one one person that i wanted to bring up that you didn't is maybe um nick pope mm. um just because I mean, for me, I was hoping to bring in – I started out with Allison. I wanted to bring in one – I didn't want to make any keeper transfers this season. So I brought in the expensive one, and they've just shat the bed, for yeah. lack of a better phrase. Um, and so, I don't know. I, I, I don't really know who else I would – who else I would bring in. Because um, who do I have right now? I have Guaita and ward from Leicester. I don't know. I just think Pope is solid. Like they can't Newcastle's got a good defense and um Pope Pope's good with like saves. Like he's great at he's like he's a good shot uh shot stopper. Um I just think about his time at Burnley and so they were conceding shots all the time. They were keeping it tight. So I don't know. It just he just seems like a pretty good goalie pick for me yeah it, after the world cup maybe i want to i'm definitely going to try to pick one keeper and just leave it be the whole time for the rest of the season and i think if i do it it's probably going to be nick pope okay be my guess. that's good okay because that was that answers my last question that i had for you which was if you were wild carding this week who would you bring in for keeper because let me hit you with this this is kind of wild so this is these are the keepers that our team, the teams in the fantasy Premier League, um, have um, in order from first place down. Okay, so um, Pope, Gaeta, Sanchez, Aretha Balaga, Ederson, Pickford, Raya, Pope, Melier, Pope, and Mendy. That's like huge diversity among keepers. Wow. Only three teams overlap and they're all Pope. Yeah. Everyone but, else. But in the first seven teams, none of them overlap. Wow. Isn't That's that wild. interesting? I think I think it's probably Pope, right? I mean, is that who you would pick? No, I'd I'd have, I'd keep Keppa. That's who I have right now. Okay. That's okay. That's a good that's that's a good pick. Um but it's it's I'm a total, the redemption arc. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, it's a total, like, kind of, uh, you know, could totally bite the hand that feeds him any day now. Oh, one thing I wanted to bring up um, about Newcastle, an interesting stat that I don't know how true this is. I just heard it from the announcers. So I'm assuming the commentators know what they're talking about. They're getting fed accurate data. Um, apparently, um, Botman has not lost with Newcastle yet. Anytime he's played. Wow. Now he was injured some, right? They bought him in January. So he was injured some, but 
ever since he's uh, played. I think no, they bought him this summer. I think did they buy him this summer? Okay, I, think, I don't. I have lost track of. But like, he who they he there were there were who they bought this summer. So I think they bought him this summer, but they like introduced him really slowly. Okay, so they were like games that he didn't play. I think it was I think it was either games that he started or just in general when he's played they haven't lost. Yeah. That so, is wild. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. So, obviously he's I mean, that's not going to continue forever, but obviously he is pretty good uh, a good addition for them if they're winning when he's playing. I mean, they're probably doing well defensively and he's probably part of it, so yeah um i don't know just something to think about especially now that they've bedded him in and he should be starting every game um you probably can rely on their defense a little bit more so nick pope looks even better now i think um with him with botman in there yeah i think i think about this sometimes with with botman which is if you took someone who had never watched soccer before and you lined up every single soccer player in the Premier League in a row and said, which of these players is the best player in the league? I think Botman would be some <laughs> someone that someone w- would like pick pretty often because he just like <laughs> looks like so athletic. It's incredible. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also, if you have the names, like yeah. Sven. Sven, Sven Botman. Yeah. Yeah. Seems, seems good. Very um, yeah, I, I do. Uh, going back to, did you want to mention anything else about um, Kepa with Chelsea? I mean, have you been paying attention to Chelsea? I mean, I've obviously they've done well with Potter. Um, I mean, only in so much as I've watched a couple of their recent games, and like Kepa is playing out of his mind. Is kind mm-hmm. of is kind of the thing. Um, Are they keeping clean sheets though? Except they didn't keep one this week. But um, that was because uh, there was like there was like a goal line thing that wasn't really even his fault. Oh um, wait, hold on. Um, what was their most recent game? It wasn't United, was it? Yeah, it was one one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes, I watched that game. Um, yeah. I well, I watched part of it. I was kind of like in and out, but I did see that Man United goal. Yeah, they kept them. They kept them out until the like last minute, like last few minutes. Yeah. So it was. Uh, let's see. Their last, so they kept a clean sheet against Brentford, against Villa, uh, against Wolves. Uh, so the last three games before this one, they kept clean sheets. Um, and he's like now kind of the nailed on starter. It's his spot to lose. And so um, wow. that feels good to me is to like have a very cheap, because he's really cheap, um, to have a very cheap starter for a top three team is like pretty nice he's only 4.5 wow um, hmm Ooh, man now i'm yeah now i'm debating on whether or not i want him or pope um that's i mean i'm not worried about it now i'm just gonna stick with stick with who i have until the world cup since we'll get since we'll all have a wild card um but yeah wow that's, that's yeah that's really interesting if he can keep it up he's gonna make a great case of of a lot of people will probably bring him in honestly but I, yeah, I think the point though is that like he's not the only viable option. Like I just love that there are so many keepers yeah. who are all playing well and all have like qualities about them, whether it's being really cheap or whether it's, you know, you know, knowing you're gonna get three points from them each week or whatever. Um yeah. that's that's cool. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't think of anything else. Um, I don't think I can think of anything else that I wanted to bring up. No, I think that's it for me. Um, yeah, I'm feeling good about my team. I'm looking forward to the the next couple weeks. And then I'm also looking forward to weirdly like having an FPL break. Oh, me too. Just like a couple of weeks where I'm just not thinking about it at all. Yeah. You just watch the world cup. You can still watch soccer, but not have to like worry about managing a team. You get unlimited transfers for like a month. You don't have to think about it. You can just kind of whenever you want to just kind of poke around if you want to, or wait until the end and then finalize your team before things start heating up again. But yeah, it's going to be nice to have a break um, to not have to worry about it. Just kind of re it hopefully will be refreshing. Yeah. Um, So, all right. Well, I think that does this for today. Um, Evan, thanks for chatting. You're welcome for chatting. Thank you for chatting, Taylor. You're welcome. Uh, Listeners, thank you for listening. We will see you at some point soon. Bye. Bye.